Welcome to the Pacific Coast Church Podcast, coming to you from our beloved Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. Come on, let's just give it up for Elder Denmark one more time. Great man of God, leader at our church. Hey, I'm Pastor JF. I'm going to get to it. I know what time it is. Don't worry. You good? Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> yes, we're continuing our series today on the, on the subject of gratitude. Gratitude. We believe here at PCC that gratitude changes everything. Do you believe that? It changes everything. In November, come on, this is the month of Thanksgiving, is it not? You, got, you guys you know, got the list going for your big meal. I hear you. I'm with you. I, I love that. And, and so because culture's already kind of leaning into this conversation, I feel like the church should too. And we come from it, obviously, from a biblical standpoint. But we just really believe that gratitude changes everything. Last week, we talked about how gratitude changes what we see. Meaning, it shifts our perspectives. When you begin to look through the lenses, or here's a better little analogy, the filter, right, of gratitude, I'm telling you, your worldview will change, right? You'll see that you have so much, right? So today I want to talk a little bit about how gratitude ultimately changes our lives. I grew up, my, my, you know, as a kid, late 80s, Rocky was a big deal for me. Dun, dun, da, dun, da, dun, dun, dun. I mean, I was a Rocky fan, man. Rocky IV was my favorite when he fought the Russian Drago. I must break you, right? Like, if he dies, he dies. You know what I mean? Like, I was totally into it. And I just felt it was the will of God for me to become a professional boxer. Uh, <laughs> I think Sly Stallone had something to do with that. But I was just into it. Now, I, I had never actually, uh, uh, actually got into any kind of a physical situation with anybody. I, I'd never been in a fight. Never done any, I'd never been punched, all that stuff. But for some reason, I was into it. And I can remember probably being 12, 13 years old, sitting on the couch with my big cup. My, I can see it like yesterday, out in Auburn. I'm sitting on his couch. He was probably 17 at the time. And I'm sitting there on the couch with him, and we're watching one of the Rockies. And I looked over at him. I'm like, I said, Brent, I'm going to be a professional boxer one day. And he was, he was like, you? And I was like, yeah, I am. It's pretty awesome. And, and he, <laughs> he was like, okay. I mean, he knew everything about me. He knew I was uh, the, the most nonviolent human there is, right? And so he's like, okay, well, I know a thing or two about boxing. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, I sure do. He's like, in fact, I'll tr I'll, I'm happy to train you for free. And I said, what? I said, you'll train me? He said, I'll train you. And I'm like, I'm all in. And he's like, all right. Training starts Saturday morning. And I said, I'm, I'm ready. What do I need? He's like, just a pair of sneakers. And I was like, well, what about the boxing gloves? You don't need the boxing gloves. It's just a pair of sneakers. I said, well, okay. He said, I'll be at your house at 5 a.m. I said, 5 a.m.? What are you talking about? He's like, yep. He goes, did you ever see Rocky 1? And I was like, Yeah. Remember that whole scene where he's running through the streets of Philadelphia? And I said, yeah. He goes, training starts Saturday morning. I'll be there and we'll be running. And I said, you know what, Brent? I'm going to uh, 
I'm going to pray about that, but I just feel like, I just feel like it's maybe not the will of God for me to be a boxer after all. You see, the idea of being a boxer was pretty awesome to me. But when I realized what it would take, I realized that boxing wasn't the will of God for my life. I'll just keep watching the old Rocky movies. But here, here's, here's what I want you to know. Th this idea of gratitude, everybody wants to be a more grateful person. No, one's, no one wakes up in the morning and says, today I'm going to be ungrateful. I'm, I, I want to I I be known as someone who's not grateful. That, that's, nobody does that. And yet, when we realize, right, we all want to be grateful, but when we realize what it takes to be a grateful person, sometimes we're often unwilling to, to truly follow through. It's like, it's like when we find out what it means and what it takes, right, the discipline it takes, it's like, ah, rain check, you know. So for a couple of minutes here, I got the time, don't worry. Today, I want to look at a, I want to look kind of at, at a, it's an Old Testament story, it's a bit obscure. Uh, I would, I would venture to say lots of people haven't even read this story, but it's a, it's a, it's a unique story. And I want to look at it because it shows us so clearly how gratitude can drastically change our lives. That's what I'm talking about. Gratitude has the potential to change your life. But also, it, this, this story, it shows us a few pitfalls that keeps us from acting out this gratitude thing on a regular basis, okay? So you'll see it on the screen, or if you have your Bible... Comes from the book of 1 Samuel 25, all right? And a little bit of context here. The, the great prophet Samuel has passed away. And there's all this pomp and circumstance in Israel to take him to his hometown where he's buried and this whole thing. And, and David's a part of it. It's a whole deal, all right? So let's start. 1 Samuel, starting in verse 1 of chapter 25. It says, Now Samuel died, and all Israel assembled and mourned for him. And they buried him at his home in Ramah. Then David moved down into the desert of Paran. A certain man in Moan who had property there at Carmel was very wealthy. This wealthy man had a thousand goats and three thousand sheep, which he was shearing in Carmel. His name was Nabal, and his, wife, his wife's name was Abigail. She was an intelligent and beautiful woman, but her husband was surly and mean in his dealings. He was a Calebite. So the story starts out with a distinction that couldn't be clear. And it's so important to understand here. Nabal isn't only known for being aggressive. He's not only known for being mean-spirited. But his name literally means in the ancient text, in the Hebrew, fool. His name means fool, okay? And in stark contrast, his wife Abigail... What scripture said? She was beautiful. She was smart. She was pleasant. She was a joy to be around. She was a joy to be around. And her name in the, in the original language, watch this, is the joy of her father. Or my father's joy. That's what, that's what the name, if you're looking for a, a, a girl's name, Abigail's a pretty good one, right? I love that. Do you see what scripture is setting up here? It's showing us the stark contrast that allows us to be confronted with the first reality of gratitude that we all need to understand. And here it is. See it on the screen. Write it down. Screenshot it. Number one, gratitude is not a feeling. Gratitude is a choice. It's not a feeling. It's a decision 
that you make. This is a huge one, friends, because so often we don't act out of gratitude because we are waiting to feel thankful. Let me say it again for the folks in the back. <laughs> not, that, not that sitting in the back is bad. It's totally okay. Just sometimes people in the back can't hear as much, right? But got to be a little louder. So often we don't act out of gratitude because we're waiting to get a tingle, to feel something. But here's the thing. We're being deceived because gratitude is not to be felt. It's to be decided, okay? It is a decision that we make. I will be grateful. Let me put it to you this way. I may or may not wake up tomorrow and feel like being married to Ashley. Okay? Is that real talk? It's real talk. But guess what? Guess what? I am. I am. So, so with that reality, what do I do? I make choices understanding that I'm married. I made a commitment that I will not break. I, it doesn't matter what, if I wake up and I'm ticked off and I don't feel like, I don't feel like her husband anymore. I still am. Right? So I make a decision that the next choice I make, she's in the middle of it. Gratitude is the exact same way, friends. If you decide to be grateful, you don't wait until you feel like it, all right? You make the decision, and then you make all your choices based on the fact that you have decided that you are a grateful person. And you can make that decision right now. I'm a grateful person. You may not be awesome at it right now, but you, you can leave here today and say, I'm, I'm going I'm to walk out those back doors, and JF is a grateful person. And then with that new title that I've given myself, now I, I funnel every choice, every decision I make through that filter. And, and, the, and the prayer is, is that through that filter, what comes out? Generosity and service and love and patience and on and on and on, right? I remember during the pandemic, you guys don't remember this, we, had to, we, we all had to wear masks. No one remembers that, though. Nobody remembers that. That was like. But I can remember, th I, there are some different folks I talked to that were really mad about that. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> you gotta wear the mask. This thing right here, you know, just like full blow. And I'll be honest, there was times I hated it too. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like whatever. So I would, so I would like interact, and I'd be like, so how'd your day go? Well, my boss makes me wear this all day. <laughs> and it's like, oh. And I can't. And it was just like, that's all they wanted to talk about. And you could feel that. You know what I mean? And it was like, okay, well, let's pray about that. You know, the whole thing or whatever. And then I can remember, I can remember, I can remember this one dude. He worked uh, construction. And I talked, I was like, hey, man, like, how you doing? Like, how you doing with the mask? You know, is it getting in the way of your work and all? It's like, it's pretty, it sucks, doesn't it? Like, I was kind of talking like that, you know, because I, I just assumed, like, that type of work, you know, I'll never forget what he said to me. He looked at me and said, JF, let me just tell you right now, there's a lot of people who've lost their jobs during this thing. I'm just grateful I still have my job. 
if it means I gotta wear this mask, so be it. If it, I'll, I'll put a box on my head. I'll, I'll, I'll go to work blindfolded. You can tie my hands behind my back because I still got health care. I still got an income. I still got all this stuff. I don't care, man. I'm just going to thank God for what he's given me, right? What, what, what's that all about? I'm, I'm making a decision despite of things that I can't control, right? Despite the things that come that way that I didn't cause, things are going to come. It's part of life. But in the midst of all of that stuff that even comes our way and all kinds of stuff, you can just stand up and say, you know what, for, forget it. I, I am going to change my mind. I'm not going to have to feel something to decide something, right? I am going to decide today to be thankful. And watch what happens. Watch how quickly things begin change in your life. So this story with Nabal, whose choices and decisions are so selfish that his very name is fool. And then you have Abigail, whose life choices communicates the joy of the Father. What if we lived our lives in a way that pointed people to the Lord so much that people actually called us the joy of the Lord? There goes the joy of the Lord. Look at her. Oh, my goodness. That's the joy. Look, there she goes. There's the joy. I mean, can you imagine that? If, we, if, we, if the fruit of our lives expressed to somebody else that we were the Father's joy, like, let's go, right? So let me ask the elephant in the room question. If your actions and your character produced what people called you, what would your name be? All right, move on. So watch this. So, so we have a very wealthy, a very mean man named Fool and, a, and his pleasant wife named Joy of the Lord. And David and his men have camped around their property. Okay? And they're not just hanging out. They were actually, uh, 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 as, as a sign of peace and love and, and, and generosity, they were actually protecting all of Nabal's assets. The fool. And the fact of the matter is, he doesn't even know what's going on. Let's go back to the text, all right? While David was in the wilderness, he heard that Nabal was shearing sheep. So he sent ten young men and said to them, Go up to Nabal at Carmel and greet him in my name. Say to him, Long life to you, good health to you and your household, and good health to all that is yours. Now I hear that it is sheep shearing time. When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. All right, so Nabal's shepherds had, had, had kind of uh, interacted, intermingled with David's men, and David's men didn't whack them, all right? When your shepherds were with us, we did not mistreat them. And the whole time they were at Carmel, nothing of theirs was missing, meaning we, we protected your people and your land and your possessions. We didn't steal from you. Verse 8. Ask your own servants, and they will tell you. Therefore, be favorable toward my men, since we come at a festive time. Please give your servants and your son David whatever you can find for them. So David gives his, his servants this text message to Nabal. You know what I mean? Like, here's what I want you to say to him from me. Okay? Verse 9. When David's men arrived, they gave Nabal this email. 
this message in David's name. Then they waited. They waited. They were waiting to see if Nabal would make a choice to be generous or if he was going to make a, a choice to be selfish. So they, they, they delivered it, and they're just like, verse 10, watch this. Nabal answered David's servants, who is this David? <laughs> who is this son of Jesse? Oh, man. Many servants are breaking away from their masters these days. Why should I take my bread and my water and the meat I've slaughtered for my shears and give it to men coming from who knows where? Nabal, the fool, answers a request of people in need, not with a response to God, but instead with, but instead with whether or not he thinks they deserve his generosity. He responds not with, with, with Jehovah on his mind. He, he responds through the filter of, what's in it for me? Am I about to get ripped off here? Now, now I, for, that's, a, that's, for, that's convicting for me. Because there, there's, there's been times in my life where someone comes to me needing something. And instead of saying, wait a second, I'm a follower of Christ. How am I, how am I supposed to respond here? Sometimes my humanity gets in the way and it's like, how's this going to work out for me too? Which leads me to my second thought, and that is gratitude to God results in generosity to others. When we're grateful to God for everything he's done for us, this always, always, always results in us being generous to others, whether we feel like they deserve it or not. Why, you say? Why? Because we know we never deserved what God's given us. <laughs> That's truth right there. And this is exactly what we talked about last week. I mean, what we, what we really deserved, right? You could go read all about what we really deserved. And it was only because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. Nothing that we did, right? So it was just that reality alone, man. Oftentimes, the enemy will convince us that others don't deserve our generosity. But when we listen to that lie, we're really showing more about ourselves and the state of our hearts than we even realize. And in fact, Paul, Paul unpacks it in 2 Corinthians. In fact, my men's group, we're going through the book of 1 Corinthians right now. And I'm just like, I've read that book a thousand times. But it's like, I felt like, have you ever like, gone back to the text and you reread something, you're like, how did I miss this? I'm, I'm kind of having that moment right now in my men's group. Second Corinthians, though, chapter 9, starting verse, he's talking about sowing and reaping. We were just talking about sowing and reaping, or sowing seeds right now. And how the, he, he talks about how God loves a cheerful giver, and he talks about how we're always to give to the poor. So that's kind of the context right here. Verse 11 says, because you're doing all of these things, what's going to happen? You're going to be enriched in every way. Meaning if you have blessings in your life, it's never just for you. And then he tells us why. Here, here's, if you have blessing in your life, here's the next step. You have it so that you can be generous on just kind of when you feel like it. So that you can be generous on every 
occasion. This, this is why God gives us blessings. So he, he blesses you, my friend, so that you can bless somebody else. Whether you feel like it or not. Man, if just that little, that's a freebie right there. If, if you can just get that inside of you, that, that, that the, the doing unto others, right, is because of all that he's done for you. And, 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 and I, I, don't, I don't want to use the, the wrong phrase here. You're not paying him back, right? But, like, you're giving because of who he is and what he's done for you. So the, so the focus is on, on the goodness of God. And, 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 the, and the byproduct is whatever they're receiving on this end. You see what I'm saying? I should have more time to unpack that. Um, so, so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Verse 12. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in, in many expressions of thanks. To God, And this is the biggest thing the enemy can do to stop that perpetual blessing of gratitude is to, is, is to make us think that we get to decide if others are deserving or not. Like that's one of, the, one of the tactics of the enemy. Like, come on, dude. She has never done anything for you before. I, that, that family doesn't deserve that. They don't, they don't even attend PCC. They never went through, they never went through the, second, the second week of growth track when they said that. <laughs> They were going to, and now they're calling about their, about their heating bill. Oh, come on, dude. Come. We have to change the way we think about this because generosity to others is not gratitude to them. It's gratitude to God. And he's always deserving. Don't let the enemy deceive you in this area. I told the story, and I'll say it really brief one more time. A decade ago, we were, we were on the campus of the University of Washington, Tacoma, and we had, a, we had planted a church campus. And it was load in, load out, you know, tra- pull the trailer up in the middle of February. I can remember one time the, the, the bolt had frozen, and, it was, and we had this hammer out, gah, trying to break the bolt offs at 5.30 in the morning so we could do manual labor to have church, right? And I remember one, at one time, he was swinging and one of the Dream Team guys smashed his hand. He said, ah, 545 downtown Tacoma. He sleep. Ah. And for a second I said, what in the heck are we doing right now? Can I just be honest? Like, but I knew exactly what we were doing. Because lots and lots of people came to Christ through that, that campus that we had. Many people are part of PC that were a part of that. It, just, it was a beautiful, beautiful time. And long story short, I can remember this one time, we're loading out, and my buddy Jerry, he was like, talk about veteran, senior, senior military guy. And, and at the time, our church was really young. It was mostly college students. He would have been like 60 or so. And I remember, like, he would get there early. You know, uh, he had a, uh, did construction, had a contracting company. So he's, you know, but he was older, you know. I can remember, like, I can't remember him, because like, we had a, kind of a thing like this. And, like, you know, you know, this older gentleman, like, Full on, you know, I got it, you know, on his shoulder, right? And then like going all the way down the center, you know, right? And I'm and I'm just like, oh, come on, man. Yes, Jerry, you know what I mean? And I was always kind of like, I was like the hype guy in the morning. He's like, all right, guys, 4:40 in the morning. This is gonna be awesome. 
oh, this is going to be so great. Thanks for being here. You guys, thanks for doing this for me. Thank you so much for doing this for me. And I hear Jerry going down the center aisle. And he came back. And he came back. And one, and one, one afternoon, I was just like, bro, I just want to say thank you for doing this, man. Thank you for doing this for me. Miss Linda, I've told this story before lots of times. And I'll, because this, this moment, this little interaction I had with Jerry changed my whole life when it came to uh, serving in the ministry. He looked at me and he laughed. He was like, bro, I love you so much. I'm proud of you. I've got your back. But I'm, I want you to know, like, I don't get up at the crack of dawn and stay here till four in the afternoon because of you whatsoever. <laughs> like, you're, you're not even in the equation. Like, like you, could, you could leave tomorrow, someone else would come in, and it's, I'm still going to be here, man. I'm not doing this for you, bro. I'm doing it for the Lord. I'm doing it for Jesus. You have no idea what he's done for me, Jay, in my life. You, you know some of the stories, but I'm a lot older than you. I got a lot of history. I was in the military. I went to war. Man, I did some crazy stuff, and I'm telling you it's because of what he did for me. This is an honor. It's an honor. It's an honor. So gratitude to God results in generosity. I'm going to shoot down to the rest of this text here. 1 Samuel 25. So a little context back to the story. David's men return, and they tell him that Nabal refused to help out in any way. And David's pretty ticked off. Like, He's really, really mad. And his plan is just to go wipe out everybody, just kill everybody. He's so upset. So he rallies about 400 of his men. And he's about to charge Nabal's place and take them all out. And Abigail catches wind of it. Like she finds out ahead of time <laughs> that the infantry's coming. And she decides, I gotta, I gotta do something here. It's a good woman, man. Verse 14, one of the servants told Abigail, Nabal's wife, David sent messengers from the wilderness to give our master his greetings, but he hurled insults at them. Yet these men were very good to us. They did not mistreat us, and the whole time they were out in the fields near them, nothing was missing. Night and day they were a wall around us the whole time. We were herding our sheep near them. Now think it over and see what you can do because disaster is hanging over our master Nabal and his whole household. He is such a wicked man and no one can talk to him. Verse 18, Abigail acted quickly. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five dressed sheep, five seas of roasted grain, 100 cakes of raisins and 200 cakes of pressed figs and loaded them on donkeys. Then she told her servants, Go on ahead, I'll follow you. But she did not tell her husband, Nabal. So David has already plotted that he would leave no man alive in Nabal's territory. Like, it's over. And it was all due because of Nabal's selfishness, but the power of gratitude. The power of gratitude can change all that Two, the most extreme circumstances, gratitude is a weapon as well. Look at this, 1 Samuel 23. When Abigail saw David, the band can come back. 
she quickly got off her donkey, look at this, and bowed down before David with her face to the ground. Act of humility. She fell at his feet. So she's doing whatever she can to disarm him. She fell at his feet and said, pardon your servant, my Lord, and let me speak to you. Hear what your servant has to say. Please, I beg you, pay no attention, my Lord, to that wicked man back there in a ball. <laughs> He's just like his name. His name means fool. And folly goes with him. And as for me, your servant, I did not see the men my Lord sent. And now, my Lord, as surely as, your Lord, as the Lord your God lives and as you live, since the Lord has kept you from bloodshed and from avenging yourself with your own hands, May your enemies and all who are intent on harming my Lord be like Nabal. And let this gift which your servant has brought to my Lord be given to the men who follow you. So she continues to praise David. She, be, she continues to thank him for all that he's done and speaks blessing over his life. Come on. And here's what I want you to realize. She does this without even knowing what might happen next. Like before she like knew what's going to happen, the conclusion of this whole thing, she still did it. Despite not knowing the whole picture. Despite her own fears concerning how David might react, how he, what he might want to do to her, she makes a decision to respond in gratitude, not knowing how God might use her gratitude. So not only does the Lord use it to save her people, David actually tells her that God used her to keep him from making a, a rash decision. He was like, it's because of you just did this whole thing here? Like, I, I, was, I, was, I was, I'm human, I was fired up. And, and like you, <laughs> yeah, you threw some cold water on me. You know what I mean? He, he, he realizes that he was erratic. You see what I'm saying? Like, like he came, he's like, what? I, can't, I can't do this, right? But it doesn't stop there because Nabal, this is a crazy story, man. Nabal, of course, of course, he's throwing a rager. He, he's, he's got a party going, and, and the party goes all through the night. And in the morning, Abigail comes to Nabal and tells him what happened. And, and in that moment, you can read it, Nabal has a heart attack and he dies. I, I didn't, I'm not making this up. I don't, the Bible's boring. I don't like to read it. <laughs> what are you talking about? So because of her obedience, because of Abigail's obedience and her willingness to act out of gratitude, not only did she save her people, God multiplied all of it. All of it. And you're right. David ends up marrying her. It's an incredible story. Stop waiting for this gratitude thing to make perfect sense. I've got, I've got 50 things right now that I could complain about. Like you, right? There, I mean, we're human and there's stuff happens and all this stuff and oh, I should be here, and I'm not there yet, and all of this stuff, and you're human, and you can talk through all of that. And, but man, if that, if that, if that consumes you, man, you're, 
you're, you're, the, the window, the, the filter gets tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And, you, and everything, and you just get in the dark. You can, if you can open up that lens, that, that filter of gratitude over your worldview and perspective, funnel, funnel all of that through there, it, it, it will change. You. I, by, by the way, I'm, I'm preaching it myself. Like this is, this is a talk for me today, right? There's times I grumble and complain and all this stuff. But I'm glad we're in it together, right? We're in it together. And this is, and this is, this is, this is a muscle, man. And, and you know people, you know these types of people. Like, like I, I know, like I, I have, I know some people that I'm connected to that are dirt poor. No opportunities in life. Grinded it out, like, on the sur- if you just kind of saw their life on the surface, you're like, man, I feel so bad. And they're like the like the happiest people in the whole world. They're like, oh no, this day was awesome, Jay. Like, oh man. What's that all about? They, they, they've, they've figured out this secret code. Gratefulness and thanksgiving changes everything. Stop waiting to see the entire story before you make the choice to be grateful. Like Abigail. She took a risk. If David would have killed them all, Probably, you know, that kind of stuff happened all the time. We come in peace. Sorry. You know what I mean? Like, that was pretty normal in the ancient world. She had no idea if David would actually receive. And he did. And it changed, changed everything. Decide to praise him when you don't know the way that story ends. Act out of gratitude even when you don't. Come on, let's pray. Close your eyes today. Bow your heads. I just want to pray for you today. By the way, we're all a work in progress. I'm, I'm the chief of the work in progress group, by the way. I'm, I am. This is a journey. Our faith journey continues. Until you meet Lord in heaven. So today I want to pray for you. Maybe you're here today and you say, Jay, yeah, that, that first thought on gratitude, I, I, I'm constantly waiting to feel something before I say thanks. It's like, I'm, like I only really do it when I open the present and I'm like, yes, I got what I wanted. <laughs> like that little, that little analogy can manifest in many different ways, you know, like, oh yeah, thank you for this phenomenal meal. And that's the only time. <clears throat> Maybe today you want to make a commitment that I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose gra- gratitude. I'm going to walk out of here. I'm going to choose to be a thankful person, even if technically the person on the other si- side doesn't deserve it. I'm still going to. I'm still going to act from a place of that today. Even when none of it makes sense. Even when I don't know the end of the story. Even though, even though I don't know what tomorrow holds, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to, I'm going to take steps. Lord, I thank you for every person in this room. I'm so grateful to be a part of this community of believers, of folks in process. We're all broken here held together by your love for us. Thank you for who you are. We're so grateful. 
that we can live a life on purpose, a life of meaning, a life of generosity towards others, all because of what you've done for us. There's no need to fear, no need to worry. In fact, you instruct us not to have fear, that you're with us at all times, that you go before us, that we can lean on you, that we can count on you, that you have a plan for us, that our, 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 our eternity is secure. We, we, don't, we don't have to worry about what, what happens when we pass on from this life because we believe in your word and your word is clear about eternity and a table, a table with Jesus, our high priest, leading the party that we get to sit around that table with our master forever with you. I wonder today, maybe you're here, you say, Jeff, that's the one thing. I want to say yes to Christ today. I want to say yes to Jesus this month of Thanksgiving, lots of stuff that's going on in my life. And I just want to, I'm tired of trying to like just do it all on my own. I'm tired of being out of community. I'm tired of not leaning on, asking for help, just being, being around other believers that are going through the same struggles and whatnot. I've, I've kind of isolated and I'm not walking with the Lord right now. If that's you, it's simple. All you have to do right now is just invite him into your life. Whatever that looks like for you, some people say a, say a prayer, you know, out loud and come to an altar. And that's cool. You can do that. However, maybe it's just in your spirit. Just invite him into your life. Lord, I'm I, going through a lot of stuff. I'm grateful that I can be saved. I thank you that there is hope. I thank you that there is a lifeline and you're that according to your word. So, Lord, come into my life. Jesus, here it is. Book of John. Jesus, come. I, I believe in you. I believe in who you are. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin, that you went into the grave and you came back to life and now you're alive and your Holy Spirit is amongst us right now. I receive you into my life. Heal my broken heart. Heal and 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 comfort and bring peace to my the areas of fear and anxiety in my life. Heal me, touch me. I'm going to walk with you. I know I'm human. There's going to be times where I fall down and I stumble. But according to your word, you will not walk away from me. You will not leave me. Humans do. You never will. So Lord, I thank you that you're always with me. And I, I believe in you and I receive you into my life. In Jesus' name. God, I pray for every one of us, Lord, as we walk through these doors. May we make a, like a decision right now that I, I am, J.F., I am a grateful person. Carry that title through those doors. And every choice I make after I walk off of this campus today, may it be through the filter of I am a grateful person. Bless every one of my friends here. Thank you for this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to pacificcoast.church.